Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Rachel Morris, who happens to have been something of a mentor to me through the years. Uh, she means the world to me. How are you today, Rachel? Uh, good. A little bit nervous and feeling, I don't know, good feelings about just your introduction already. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're feeling good. Um, I totally get nervousness. I used to get really nervous. Oh, there's, sorry, there's a razor blade taped it. Oh, it's not a razor blade. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I get distracted. Um, so yeah, and I don't know if I've ever told you that, that I, I kind of view you that way. You, I really look up to you a lot and very inspiring. So one of the first things that comes to mind when I think of the impact that Rachel has had on me and my journey is one time I was uh, talking shit about myself, you know, as people do sometimes. And Rachel stopped me and she said, you know, those coping mechanisms were useful to you at one point. So knowing that, you know, don't, don't hate on yourself for doing what worked at the time. Um, just know that it no longer serves you and, and you can move into different coping mechanisms that serve you better. And that was life-changing for me, Rachel. So um, where, uh, where did you come across that idea? Do you remember? Well, uh, on my own just journey of understanding my own suffering, I think, <laughs> <laughs> is where it kind of stemmed from. Like, so I... Uh, yeah, I found myself in a pretty dark place, uh, hating on myself pretty intensely. And, um, and yeah, I started to just work with some different counselors and learning, um, I think, lifelong learner and drive to like understand things um, mm. is kind of what got me on that path. So then understanding our early relationships and how they kind of form who we are out in the world. Well, and, and I mean, and it makes so much sense when you hear it. Like at, <clears throat> at first, like I remember, like I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about that. Because <laughs> um, I remember just like stopping and, and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And, and we had a conversation sort of similar to this one um, because of it, just realizing that like when you're a child and you've, you've just got what you've got, you know, you don't have a toolbox full of, of tools. And if you don't have access to how do I deal with this, then you deal with it however you can. And, and, you know, the instinct is to survive. You know, people talk about surviving versus thriving. Well, in order to thrive, you first have to survive always, you know? Yes. So, I mean, I just think that it's a really beautiful thing. And, and I mean, you've always, maybe not always in my life or my, my, shared journey with you in the time that we've known each other, which is like encroaching on a decade. Uh, like approaching 10 years, a decade. I think. Yeah, yeah. it is this year. Um, <laughs> isn't that wild? Happy yeah. anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how I remember that? Side note. So when I met Dave, because I met Dave around the same time as you, Dave was twice my age. So he's um, 20 years older than me. So I had to have been 20. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I remember you, you've always been into different healing modalities and how, 
how can, how can we be better? You know, like when I first met you, even, even when I first met you before you were doing the nutrition, oh, she's a nutritionist, um, <laughs> before you were doing the nutrition stuff and all of that, you always had this very, very calming and healing energy about you. And I, I, I mean, I think that's why I was so drawn to you. And, and ironically, you know, when we first met, like neither of us were necessarily exercising healthy habits, but it still was like, you know, you've used humor to heal for a long time. And it's really, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just like start this episode and just compliment you the whole time. uh, (laughs) (laughs) My head's exploding. (laughs) Um, It's just, uh, it's such an important relationship to me. Um, So, yeah, so like the nutrition. Can I say something though? Can I say something to that? Because there's, you know, that statement of like always like trying to be better is in some respect, like also I'm learning the opposite of healthy. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, well, just in a, like alignment of what we're, we're still talking about, like even those coping strategies or those survival behaviors, like not being enough exactly as we are is mm. still a very self-deprecating non-acceptance of who we are, right? So like that's kind of created almost like a catch-22 for me in this like constantly trying to be better, clear. like there's another part of me that's constantly not good enough, right? And so so I just want to highlight that because sure, wanting to be better is, is something to aspire to, like this growth and all that kind of stuff. But like if we're doing it because we hate parts of ourselves, then, then there's still an underlying sort of wound, I think, that needs to That is be such addressed. a good point. That's such a good point. And that is something that I've thought about before. And I, and I love, oh, it's always so exciting to talk to you. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's something that I've thought about before, maybe a little bit more casually is, you know, the finding the balance between like, like, you know, people say like, okay, well, you need to accept where you are. And I always fought back against that idea because it's, um, I'm afraid of complacency. You know, I'm afraid of, of losing momentum and, and not getting better. And there is, you know, like, like in some sense, there's always something that we can improve. But at the same time, like you're talking about, if we're always looking to what's improved, then we're not appreciating, you know, the growth that we have had or the, 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 um, blessings, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, that we do have and stuff like that. And that's such a good fucking point. Um, oh, by the way, you are allowed to swear. Lots of people ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, like, like that's such a good point. And, and I always wonder, like, how do you find that balance? You know, like, how do you both accept where you are while continuing to grow. And I think intuition's a piece of it, but I think that there's more to it. And it's, but then like even pulling that apart, is that not accepting where we are? Like <laughs> the whole, <laughs> Oh, it's a trap. It's a hole for sure to get into. Yeah. The whole question of attachments in general is a trap. Like, you know, like it's easy to, I mean, it might not be easy to, to disengage or unattach from bad things, but it's easy to want to. You know, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to be attached to cigarettes or I don't want to be attached to these bad habits. But then it's like, well, what about the good things? You know, like I don't want to disengage from my attachment to sex, for example, or to love 
or to just humans as a whole, like I'm very attached to the uh, ability to interact with other humans. And I don't want to detach from that because I'm afraid that losing that attachment will mean that it can be taken away from me. But that, that fear is in itself rooted in that attachment. So it just gets very complicated, very fast. Yeah, definitely. Um, I totally sidetracked there. Um, no, no, it's all good. And all these different ideas, you can see like where I start like, oh, my brain's filling with stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> I do, I do see it. And I, yeah, <clears throat> that's like one thing that I... Striving for secure attachment, like to learn to be securely attached is the, my, one of my ultimate goals, I think. <laughs> well, and like... For me, like I always get more comfortable when I when I do think about the ideas of attachment, I always get more comfortable with like, um, and maybe this is just a cheat, I don't know. Um, but if I replace the word attachment with connection, um, when it comes to good things, like I want to connect with people, I want to connect with whatever good thing it happens to be nature, animals and stuff like that, without being attached, because I kind of think of like a connection. A connection, like, let's say, okay, this is a weird example, <laughs> but what I'm thinking is, you know, those, um, those like charging cords that are like magnetic, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, if something hits them, they, they just kind of like a, like deep fryers will often have them or things that are really dangerous if they get snagged um, and they just disconnect and it's still safe. Whereas like attachment is like having it like hardwired in. And so like, if you if you accidentally snag that cord or something happens to that cord, you have hot oil all over your kitchen and maybe your skin, um, you know? And so I kind of think of them like that, but that's just one um, offshoot of a million thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your, uh, your nutrition journey, was that kind of the beginning of the wellness attempts? It definitely, uh, the nutrition journey definitely, um, yeah, I think it was a launching pad, uh, a launch pad for me just to, um, just to consider pretty much everything differently, (laughs) if I can say it like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, yeah, like I, I, I ate okay, but I also ate really horribly, you know? And I think that it's fair to say that, like, I've had an element or elements of disordered eating Mm -hmm. throughout my entire life. And um, still something I struggle with, like food, like just learning about food is more than just sustenance. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an emotional element to it. There's a comforting element to it. There's a punishing element to it. Like there's all, you know, food is more than just food. (laughs) Yes. Well, Um, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, um, I remember another really impactful thing that, man, it's so, I'm sorry, quick side note. (laughs) I always find it so interesting how many things other people said to me that they probably forgot they ever said that have like stayed with me forever. And, uh, and I just always think it's interesting because obviously it must be the true, true in, in inversely, right. Where other people, but anyways, (laughs) it's just something that helps me appreciate (laughs) that we like the inherent value that humans have. But uh, one of the other things that you said to me during that time of your, your journey um, that 
had such a lasting impact on me is never forget that your brain is also a part of your body. So if you mistreat your brain in favor of, of feeding your body what you believe is the correct fuel, then you're not doing things holistically. Um, and, and it's just as important to have a good relationship with food as it is to eat food that's healthy for you, maybe more important. And, uh, <clears throat> and man, that really launched me into the intuitive eating thing and the trying to, you know, have a better relationship with that. And, and I think that's one of the things I appreciate about you so much is that you really, you do, you, you look at things from a very holistic angle and try to come to a, or at least it comes, it seems to me that you look at things from a very holistic angle and kind of try to come to a place that is um, balanced in between. And maybe, maybe you're not always at the perfect balance. I don't know. I mean, I know that you're a human, so humans can human, right? But um, off the rails, off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but you're, you're so willing to step outside of your, like, you know, like all humans have such a narrow focus. This is, this is what it is, is what I was taught or whatever. Um, and, and I always appreciate that. And, and I would ask, do you know where that comes from? How someone else could cultivate that kind of um, thinking? Like, were you always that way? Did you cultivate that? I think um, if I'm being honest, uh, I think it really, um, it really comes from like how aware are we of our suffering? <laughs> like how prominent is suffering, our own internal suffering in our mm-hmm. lives? Honestly, I think like um, I had uh, in that nutrition program that I studied, I had to have a number of different case studies like mm-hmm. throughout. And, and all of the case studies that I had had you know people had complaints people had um either dissatisfaction or when I say complaints like symptoms physical discomfort Mm -hmm. something is physically wrong like um and yet to make changes was really hard for people like just and myself included and sort of watching that it's like observing and you know, people kind of talk about like this dark night of the soul or some very poignant thing. Um, And I can attest that I've had more than one. (laughs) (laughs) And I imagine that there's more to come. Um, If, yeah, you're kind of doing the work and exploring those like darker sides of ourselves. And so it's, it's what I, what I've seen is like, until, Till somebody's individual suffering exceeds a point that they're willing to, like that exceeds a point that they can now no longer tolerate, that's when change happens. Is mm-hmm. that awful? But that's kind of like as humans, my experience and, um, and sort of what I've observed with others. Like there's an element of willpower for sure. And like how, how controlled can I be? But yeah, I think that's, all that. yeah, but that's, you're fighting yourself the whole way. There's a lot of resistance. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's when we acknowledge some level or depth of our suffering. 
yeah, that like drives the behavior change when or uh, drives the desire to want change, like enough to make the change. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's been my experience too. I mean, I, I think I was one of those case studies and man, I really, really struggled, really struggled with making almost any changes, like pretty much, honestly, <laughs> I think the only last no judgment, no was, judgment. It's so hard. It's so hard. I think and the only lasting change was have. I stopped shaming myself. I think <laughs> mm, that's a wonderful, that's amazing. That's like one of the best changes that could come from that. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I, you know what? I also started eating hemp seeds. So two things, mm. um, <laughs> healthy protein, good fat. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I mean, I think that like, you know, what you're talking about, whether it's nutrition or any kind of wellness, I think that that's so true is, 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 that piece of your suffering needs to outweigh your, oh, I don't, I don't know what the word is. It needs to outweigh your comfortability. Yeah. Um, like her survival kind of, uh, like your, your minimum survival level. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I think that the other, the other piece and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that the other piece is the, um, Oh, how would I say this? Uh, the finding, it's all about balance with me. Uh, finding the balance of accountability without shame, right? Like taking responsibility for where we're at without, like, because the habit for most people that I've talked to and, and, and stuff is responsibility means that you have to punish yourself. Responsibility means that you have to, you know, I, I discipline yourself and, and, you know, you have to suffer once you acknowledge that you may be responsible for something that has been lacking or whatever. It means that, you know, you've done poorly. And that comes back to that first thing that I mentioned you told me is like, no, that's not what responsibility means. Responsibility means that you've been responsible for it the whole time, but you didn't even know you were. So why would you punish yourself for that? But now you know you are. And so let's see if we can do the best we can with those tools. Um, or at least that's how I interpret it. <laughs> I feel like I talk a lot. Like I have like a psychology degree. I do not. Um, like this is how it is. Um, <laughs> but I know, I know that people who listen know that I am not. I just get excited about philosophy of psychology. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so like I, I think that that's super, super helpful. Super helpful because like I would watch you I would watch you. Um, <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> um, but like, I would, I would observe your interactions. And that's why I said at the beginning that you were like a mentor to me, because like, I remember loving that about you is, is loving that you would really try to come at it from multiple angles and understand you know, like we have such a, such a small finite amount of control over, over any of the external factors. And then even the internal factors, we need to be aware of the control to exercise it and stuff like that. And, and I would watch you try to like narrow in on, Hey, what can I actually do while trying to accept the things that you couldn't? And, and I just admire that so, so much. And I've always wondered how you did it. And I kind of came to a similar place, but the hard way. I should have just asked you how you did it a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but, you know, pride and all that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, 
So, uh, yeah. And, and now, like, I, I wonder, Rachel, do you view yourself as, as the way that I've been describing you? No. <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> I, I think I shouldn't say that. Like, so things like strengths that I know I have, and I'm thinking not just from the nutrition stuff, mm-hmm. but when of we course. work together and everything, right? Like, um, like I think I am a bit of a, um, like mother goose, I think, you know, like <laughs> I want to make sure all the chicks are accounted for and that nobody's hurting, um, yeah. um, that people, yeah, I think like feel seen and heard. And, um, and I think I, I try so hard to, to support that in others. Cause maybe it's an area that like, I feel is a challenge for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it's mm-hmm. really interesting, like just some of the studying and, and self-study that I've done and understanding like our, what we think of our strengths, we also kind of consider like our weakness almost, you know? So like the sense of like my anxiety, like that runs kind of through me is like, I don't belong here. I don't fit in. I'm not smart enough. Yeah. Experienced enough, (laughs) educated enough, confident, you know, like just all of these kind of things. And so, so as you describe that and even use the word mentor, like, I think that's fair. And I could look back over my, you know, career and, and see how that fits. And I do do that. (laughs) (laughs) I am that person. And yet... I'm struggling every day inside, you know, and have yeah. like low self-worth and low self-esteem and low self-confidence. And so it's just interesting to hear your perspective and counter it to like my sort of internal dialogue. And it's that limiting belief thing that mm-hmm. I think we've talked about, you Many know, it's times, like, yeah. and so, yeah, these things that aren't necessarily true that, that we hang on to. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely our conversation today will give me, uh, fuel for further introspection for sure. Well, and, uh, (laughs) and as you were talking, I mean, I definitely can understand, um, the whole mother goose thing. Like I am, I'm reminded of when we actually worked together, like, like as, as jobs, um, and the dynamic there was very much like ask Rachel ask Rachel, everybody ask Rachel, let's give Rachel all the work. And, uh, and, and I remember as you say that, I feel like the world is like, (laughs) (laughs) oh no. Um, and, and I, and I remember like the, um, the dynamic, I guess, like whenever people talked about you, you were superwoman, you know, like Rachel can take care of everything and anything. And it doesn't matter what it is or how complicated it is. Rachel will take care of it. And I remember like, cause we were friends at the time as well. Um, and I remember like kind of seeing the other side. I could, I could, I had no way to help you because I was, you know, I was in a different department and, and much lower on the, the food chain. But uh, I remember I could see you drowning and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I want to, 
want to help. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so like, to me, one of the most inspiring things a person can do, and, and maybe that's because I'm weird, but one of the most inspiring things a person can do to me is be in a, what they call golden handcuff situation where, you know, you know, you're appreciated at work, you know, that you're needed, et cetera. Know that it's not good for wellness and, and walk away and, you know, like, like prioritize real life over the system that we've been fed, you know? And, and so uh-huh. to me, that's just so, I, I feel like this whole episode is me just talking about how great you are. And I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, we kind of talked before we got started about like, what are we talking about? Well, we'll see what arises. And so like this to me is like, cause taking, it seems weird, but like being complimented is very uncomfortable. Like every part of me <laughs> is like, push that away, push that away. That's just going to mean more of something that I don't want. Like, and I don't fully understand it, but it's that rejecting, like mm-hmm. dismissing, um, avoidant attachment kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. But like, it's uh, obviously it's good. It's necessary for me to hear this kind of stuff right now. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Um, and yeah, just to kind of touch on that, like to say, like to take that step of wellness and walk away. Like I didn't, I crashed and burned. Like, uh-uh. so I didn't walk away. I kept drowning uh, <laughs> for a number of years until like literally my body and my brain uh, imploded. So I did not do the healthy thing of saying, oh. like of, of it asserting a boundary and saying, this is really unhealthy for me. I've got to step away. And so, well, yeah. I guess, I guess there's two ways to look at it. I'm going to push back. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because yes, you crashed and burned, but you finally listened. I mean, you are tenacious AF, okay? Like this ain't my first rodeo, I know. And <laughs> I know that... I know that your desire was to, and that you could have waited to recover just enough and gone back. I know they would have taken you back in a heartbeat and I know that you would have run back, but eventually like maybe it took a little bit of, you know, emotional and physical, like kind of uh, metaphorical beating to get there, but you did learn and you did walk away. Like you're not still trying to make it work years down the road. And so as much as it may feel like, you were forced into it. You, you weren't. I, I know you. You're stubborn no. too. Um. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually like, this is part of it. Like you, if you don't listen to your inner sort of being and your body and your mind, it's going to start screaming really loud until like it has a, a meltdown or a disaster occur. And that's really, yeah. And a lot of people, like a lot of people do work themselves into the grave and ignore it forever. And the screaming gets louder and they just get grumpier. You know, they don't, they don't stop. And so as much as maybe it took you longer than you are happy with to hear the screaming, you still did. And, and I will not let you take that credit away from yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I thank myself and my body, right? Because it's really that body process. Like your body's got your back as much as you... Uh, <sighs> fight it uh it's gonna it might not seem like it has your back but it's really there to try and help you honestly that's something that I think about a, like a lot a lot is because like I mean I have chronic illness right um as well and uh and you know sometimes it can be like 
like, why are you always in pain? You know, and, and arguably maybe it's some of my, my dietary choices or whatever. Like we could, we could get into that and talk for years about. Also um, like the uh, physical symptoms of uh, anxiety, the physical manifestation of anxiety. Yeah. Like, and, and the fight, yeah, the fight or flight and, and all of that stuff. Um, and so sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. And then there are other moments and like, it's always like the silliest little moments where like, I see the hummingbird come up into the the hummingbird feeder or whatever. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm grateful for my eyes. You know, I'm grateful for my ears. I'm grateful for my body that, that holds me so that I can experience this world for better or for worse. Um, you know, like all of the the painful memories and the good memories, and it holds them there for me to access when I need them. You know, and it's such a beautiful, magical thing that we, out of millions of of um, procreating material, were you know just the right moment in time that our bodies could be created so that we could experience everything, so that we could have relationships and friendships and love and 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 fears and all of it, and it just. So like, you know, like the whole idea of body neutrality, because I mean, I've struggled with not as much with diet culture, but definitely with disordered eating as well. And uh, and the concept of body neutrality, when it was first introduced, I looked at it very much as like, you know, like you don't have to be your own type um, to, to know that you're someone else's and sort of what I look like doesn't matter. And I didn't really focus in on the side of it with the holy fuck, my body is a miracle. Even the parts that don't work are still allowing me to experience life. You know, like without ears, I wouldn't be able to hear music. Without eyes, I couldn't see butterflies. You know, and I know I sound like a cartoon character, but, uh, (laughs) you know, like I couldn't feel a hug without it, you know, or the wind in my hair. You know, I couldn't smell cookies or taste ice cream or bacon, you know, Um, or something vegan for the vegans out there. Uh, Spinach? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I like spinach. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's just, I don't know. I just really appreciate my, like, you know, my swollen, maybe a little bit overweight, constantly getting sunburned because I glow in sunlight. I'm so fair. You know, like there's lots of things about my body that I was taught for a long time to hate, but I don't, I don't hate them anymore. I love them. I mean, I love, I love that my pores can, you know, protect me from infection. Like, you know, like that's what a pimple is, right? Is your pores stopping bad shit from getting in. So like, yeah, pimples suck, but also they're kind of a miracle in doing us a favor. You know, a guy broke up with me once when I was a kid because I had too long a nose hair. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But that's the reason I'm not constantly like, you know, sneezing. So hear that Kyle Allen. I like my nose hair. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I just went on a bit of a tangent about how, how great it is that, yeah, it's, it's interesting perspective, which I think that's the, the biggest thing that you've added to my life, Rachel, is a perspective that's similar enough to mine that we're speaking the same language, but different enough to help me see things that I never could before. That's beautiful. I love that. I think that's a great uh, relationship just in general to Mm -hmm. have like ideally where we, it's that collaborative 
um, kind of sharing, right? Like you tell me something, I'll share something with you. We'll both learn something new <laughs> or see things <laughs> yeah. from a different perspective. I don't think there's a single time we've talked when I haven't walked away thinking about, oh, that's interesting. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and I feel like oh, I really it's pretty jazzed after our conversations too. Yeah, yeah, it's so exciting, and like it's cool because because we can go for so long, and then you know, like sometimes sometimes it's a month, or sometimes it's a week, even, and other times it's like six months, and it's always always exactly the same, just right where we left off. You know, just the only thing that changes is how long we need to do the update part. Um, <laughs> Fair, yeah. <laughs> Um, by the way, I really, really love your uh, little plant situation that's happening behind you. It's adorable. Oh, thank you. I uh, talk to them regularly and um, welcome all new leaves. <laughs> um, I, was, I was talking to a friend um, about, like, so I'd seen this meme that said, uh, name a plant after yourself. So that every time you care for it, you're caring for yourself, right? So you water it and you, mm-hmm. you watch it grow and, and it's kind of an allegory for yourself. And it made me think, so uh, this is my friend Alicia um, and we live really far away. She lives in Minnesota. So um, I had this idea and I think I saw it on Facebook after I had the idea. So obviously I'm not the only one who thought of it, but uh, naming a plant after someone you love that lives far away so that mm. every time you care for it, you're like nurturing that relationship and remembering them and give, giving good energy to them. So I have a plant called Alicia and Alicia has a plant called Kara. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, That's uh, so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do any? any? Well, I remember being at uh, your place in Coquitlam mm-hmm. once. And uh, when I first learned that you do na- you name your plants, so you yes. give all of your plants had a little name tag, and um, <laughs> I really liked that idea. Um, I don't. I I have little labels on mine that have like the common name and then the scientific name, so I can learn the names of the plants. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I haven't named them, so I'll have to ponder that. I'll have to consider that. Yeah, that's creating some little that's names fair. for them. Yeah. I don't think everyone names their <laughs> plants. Yeah, and at the time I had like thirty plants. I was pretty pretty extra back then. Okay. Remember, you had that beautiful stones. window. Uh, yeah, yeah, my jungle. Um, the bay window. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, the, uh, do you use the app picture this? No. Okay. I think it's like, I think it's like five bucks a year or something. So I try not to recommend apps that cost money because I never know what someone's situation is, but dude, it's so dope. It's so sick because you you can like any, like any plant outdoors or like a house plant, um, and it'll identify it for you. So like, I'm getting better and better. So like, I'll be walking through like Walmart or wherever with Matt and I'll be like, Oh, that's a Drassiana fragrance, or like, ooh, <laughs> like, okay, you know, ooh, that's a fiddle leaf fig, and then get all excited, and then I can like prove that I'm re- not to him. He he believes me. He doesn't care, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then to myself, I get all excited and I look at it because um, I used Plant Snap for a while, but I found that it wasn't as accurate. Um, sorry, yeah, I have Plant Snap. That's what I have. So, what was it, the other one called? Uh, it's called Picture This. Picture This. Okay, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And they might have a free version. I don't know, but I love it. I love plants. Plants are so healing. Yes. Um, like both physically and like um, emotionally. 
you know. Um, although a lot of people don't like plants because it's uh, hard to. Um, uh, gosh. Like if they die, they feel bad. Is what I'm trying mm. to say. I was trying to think of an elegant way to say that, but it just wasn't coming quick enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I've lost plants and felt bad. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't necessarily feel bad anymore when my plants die. I used to, um, but as you know, like I had like 30 and so plants would die. So, you know, ironically, I always have problems with ferns, um, considering my last name's Fernstrom. I find it painfully ironic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so is there anything you want to add before we play a game? I think the only thing I want to add, um, do I want to add this? Yeah. Okay. I'll add it really quick. Is so like for those of us that are stuck in that place of like, um, maybe mad at our parents for some of the, for some of the, like whatever harboring, like some resentment or some anger, like to our parents is just to like, try to find some empathy inside to, to know like that they're actually just human beings too. (laughs) And they were kind of doing the best they could with what they knew. So like there is this sort of generational pass down Mm -hmm. of how we're raised and what needs are met and how loving or how encouraging and all, you know, or demanding or just any of those things. Like they're just, doing from what they know the same way that we as humans do from what we know. And so I think just, just have some empathy for our family. (laughs) Yes. That's a a good point that I think easy to be like angry about it, you know, like just be like, you did this, (laughs) but like, no, not on purpose. (laughs) Well, yeah, like they're just, they're just humans. And even if, even if you struggle with the empathy piece, don't forget that like forgiveness isn't really for the other person anyways. You know, yeah. like you're, you, you being angry with someone is only hurting you. It's that saying, I always, I kind of hate these like kind of cliche ones, but it's like um, not forgiving someone is like eat, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, mm. It's, it's like, I mean, I feel like it's a little dramatic, but it's, yeah. it's it makes the point. Um, but even if that's not true, like it's such a good point that, Parents are humans, you know, siblings are humans. Just because we have, like, because just because someone plays, plays a certain role in our lives doesn't actually make them superior in, in any way or should know better. Um, yes, yes. That's a very good way to put that. Um, okay, so are you ready to guess some Irish I slang? Irish slang, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> and And keep in mind, as always, that I'm just reading this off of a website, and so... You know, if I pronounce things wrong or, you know, it's incorrect, <laughs> then you can blame and before you die.com. Um, not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, acting the maggot. Acting the maggot, like eating shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fooling around, messing around. Oh, no. Okay. I was way off. <laughs> um, ooh, I've never heard this one. Banjaxed. Or Banjaxed. I don't know how it's pronounced. Banjaxed? 
Nope. I was going to say like lying or sarcasm, maybe. I, think I feel just, like I'm not good at this game. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'd be, honestly, I love that I get to read them because then I'm like, oh yeah, I know all this slang, um, but I don't. Uh, it's uh, broken. Um, so like that chair is just banjixed or banjaxed. I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced, but um, black stuff. As a slang. Mm -hmm. uh, I could use it in a sentence. Okay. Give me some of the black stuff, please. <laughs> <laughs> so like... Useful sentence, right? Uh. Yeah. Like, I want to say hash. <laughs> Is that awful? That, that's where I went? <laughs> it's Guinness, so you're actually not that Guinness. far off. Uh, <laughs> okay. Irish, Irish. Canadian, you know, hash is, yeah. the, is Canadian Guinness. Um, <laughs> Not the black stuff? Oh um, okay, so culchi or culchi? Uh, and it's something a person would be. So she's a culchi or culchi. Like, um, like upper class or something like that? Almost the opposite. Um, oh. Person from a rural or agricultural area. Oh, interesting. I was thinking like cultured, right? Like oh. culture, cultured. Yeah, it's C-U-L-C-H-I-E. Yeah. I, I don't really understand. So like rural, like rednecky. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? Yeah. Like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Egypt. Oh. Oh, now that I read it out that's loud. Pretty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, Effin and Blinden. Effin and Blinden. Uh, like Effin sounds like profanity to me. Like, is that just straight up? Like, yeah, it's swearing in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we're going to do two more, all right? Okay. Um, Mankey. Uh, like a whiner? <laughs> Sometimes I like the answers people give better than, than the actual answers. Um, like dirty. Like my hair is oh, all manky. Like man mangy. Like mangy. Like mangy, yeah. And mangy. then last. Okay. But not least is Scarlet. Mm, embarrassed or burnt? Like you burnt. Yeah, like, it's embarrassed. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you burnt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's from um, Seth Meyers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I miss Jimmy Fallon. Um, not that there's anything that's happened to him. I just don't have cable. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> YouTube. Go to YouTube. I don't have cable either. <laughs> that's what people tell me, and then I always forget until it like comes up, and I'm like, oh, I missed Jimmy Fallon. And people are like, go on YouTube every time, like at least a dozen times, this exact same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, I'm so glad that you took the time to come on and tell us a little bit about yourself and share some of your wisdom with a broader audience. Um, it's just always so great to talk to you. 
Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement and the compliments and just connecting with your lovely self. I always enjoy it. <laughs> well, I enjoy talking to you too. And uh, to my listeners, I love you. Bye. Thank you.